When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? Well, that's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. <laughs> Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah. This is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Well, hot damn. It's time for another episode. How you doing? Doing fantastic. I can't wait to uh, have this trip down memory lane with our guest. It's it's so interesting how these little trips to memory lane are like are like all we have right now in the world, you know? These you just cling to the joyful joyful nostalgic place where there there is no fear and uh, awfulness. It's just good fun. It's not just good fun. It's it's good fun that ends up making you go, oh, I didn't know that. That's true. I think today today's interview revealed so much to me about some of my favorite movies. Today we've got uh, we've got Ari Gross on the show and. What a what a, an illuminating interview this was because the stories that he told were so kind of above and beyond with with the behind the scenes uh, that I you know I, I mean obviously that's what we we always aspire to get those little tidbits of, of information about the movies we love whether it's you know in this case it's just one of the guys uh, Exterminator Two um, you know all of these these films that are like so almost sacred to us we got some just great stories oftentimes when we interview someone on our show we get an informative background where they're from you know how they grew up where they went to school yada 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 all that good stuff and Ari from the get-go just jumps right into one story after another about his experiences in the films he's made 
yeah, I didn't expect to bring up Exterminator 2, but we did. And we what, what came out of it was hilarious, in my opinion. A lot of fun and, and, and depth as well. Such an entertaining interview. Positive experience. Great guy to talk to. Just a real honor. And I think by the end of this thing, we both were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. There's much more to talk about which we'll hopefully do at a later date. Yeah, I felt like uh, I grew as a person and uh, and I'm better for it. So, yeah, I guess we won't, no more dilly-dallying. Let's just get right to it. Here is our interview with the great Ari Gross. Sit back and enjoy. Ari Gross, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. It's, it's really exciting to have you on the show. And um, Zach and I are very big fans of, of your work. Huge. Uh, huge. We, we, will, thank we, you so we won't much. be shy. Huge. Yeah. It's very, very kind of you. Um, and, um, and yeah, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's obviously, it's not really an exciting time in the world at large right now. For, for many people. Well, are, you know, it depends on where you are. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> um, but, but in our little world, it's always nice. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you jumping in with us. Um, how, how are things? How are you, how are you doing? We were just discussing that the, it's been, been just a very heavy week for everybody. Um, yeah, it has, you know, there's uh, <laughs> just uh, randomly uh, my iTunes uh, yesterday played a, Tedeschi Trucks band track called The Storm. Mm, yeah. um, I don't know if you're familiar yep. with them. I love that yep. band. Yeah, it's fantastic. And The um, uh, I, the Storm uh, starts with a, a, a flood, and then uh, it talks about everything burning. And I just thought, well, this kind of, you know, sums up late August 2020. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm fine. Like, you know, I'm in, uh, I, I'm in California and it's, um, I'm, I'm not in an area that's, um, on fire at the moment. Um, there's no hurricane Always good. and, um, and nobody in the house needs a ventilator. So, you know, that's so good. far so good. Truly. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Well but said. It, it is crazy time, huh? It is a crazy time. I just, I just feel like when we think it can't get any crazier, it gets crazier. You know? mm, yeah, right. Kind yeah. of, kind of, just waiting for the the rain of bullfrogs to start. <laughs> Seriously, that's <laughs> it. Like, what's the next plague? You know, the, earlier this week it was like, yeah. oh, an asteroid's coming. I'm like, that makes sense. You know, yeah. it's just yeah, 2020. Merry why, Christmas. Why wait? Then there's yeah. going to be a robot that uh, blasts from the future into the past and uh, starts looking for Sarah Connor. And then we've got a whole other movie yep. on our hands. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> That's right. Are. Um, so good. Glad you're doing well. Um, obviously, you are you are a, a very eclectic actor. You've done a lot of different things. And you are one of those actors who I feel like everybody knows visually uh, but doesn't necessarily know your name. And, um, you know, but there's nobody, like, I could show your picture to anyone, and they're like, oh, of course, of course. I love that guy. Um, 
but yeah. oh that guy thank you brother. that guy there's the, there's the guy we love um and everyone can always point I, to like i a, love all the i love everyone who says that by the way <laughs> so absolutely um but i feel like everyone can kind of point to like a a performance um of yours in which you know something resonated and like i think for us probably at least for me personally zach you can chime in on this just one of the guys was i think our first exposure to you know to your work um and that's a film we we both you know we've we've covered so many times on this on this show we had uh joyce heiser robinson who played terry on the show um that was a very special movie for her. I'd love to know what your experience was like. Uh, okay. So, um, I mean, I hadn't really, um, exposed myself much before just one of the guys. <laughs> um, I, I had done it. I had done a couple of things, but, um, exterminator two, um, one exterminator of two, of course. Yeah. Thanks guys. Of you course. really, uh, you we had start to the just because we you know never, it, you don't have to say it. We never start in the beginning also like, uh, yeah. Okay. Wait. I just have to say, for clarification, you said ahead of time, yet you, you had no problem talking about anything. So uh, we bring up extermination. Oh, I, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it. I, I didn't say I was going to be happy about it, but I will talk about it. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, um, I, I'll, I'll tell you this about Exterminator Two. I um, uh, I read for the thing, and um, and then I weirdly got hired for some reason, and. The, this, what I was doing were the, the like two weeks of reshoots for the sequel to Exterminator. And, um, and I was part of a, a part of Mario Van Peebles gang. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe my name was Turbo. And yes. then uh, when we were in our hideout yeah. um, and it was time for me to say words, the, the director kept coming up to me and saying, like, do it more like the audition. You're not doing it like at the audition, and um, oh, I love that. I think oh, I'm not not really sure exactly what that was, and, it, and there was like take after take, and the, you know the other guys in the gang were suddenly like, "Come on, man! I'm like, what the fuck?" And she like, "Get it together!" And and I say, like, "I honestly, I have no idea what I'm what I'm not doing." And then finally, I said, "When you audition, you had like this like really kind of nasal thing," and I was like, "Oh." I had a terrible cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's hilarious. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. Can I stick some cotton in my nose? Maybe yeah, that'll right. work. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a, I had a fabulous time on that. Fucking bro. Watch ain't nothing to brag about. It's phony cock here. Uh, let's go. You see the look on her face when you put it through <laughs> Damn, that was good. Yeah. I like when the faces go crazy like that. Like they think the world has gone psycho and there's no way out. But that's it. What you're speaking of is is a, is a very interesting challenge for an actor because there are times when you're not quite, you know, feeling well. And, you know, as voice actors, it's like we know, like, any time we audition for something that we can't replicate later, yeah. of course we're going to book it, you yeah, know, right. like a course, and they're going to want right. that. Like, yeah, yeah you know, like, oh, no, well, I just had morning voice that day, and I, yeah, I mean, the only way I could replicate that is if we shot it at four in the morning, maybe, you know, like, uh, <laughs> or recorded it at four in the morning. So, um... I just had a root canal. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
You're, t- you're asking me when I had cotton in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> you know, so is that something where from that experience you then maybe had some second thoughts if you ever weren't feeling... No, I just, I just put it out of my mind yeah. and marked it up to another like strange difficulty of the business. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I didn't, I, I, I never, I didn't do the like note to self always, <laughs> you know, Only record yourself funny. before you audition. So if they like it, you know what you were doing. Um, right. Well, I do. I, I will say going back to what Dustin was asking, saying about just one of the guys, your, your role in that film uh, as Willie to me, uh, I, I feel like one of the reasons why I love that movie so much is because each character is so well fleshed out, even the small ones, like where you go, I want to know more about this guy. I want to know about this backstory. What's your interest in science fiction? Were, were you a Trekkie or were you more of a Star Wars guy? Like, I mean, what are you talking beep, about? Up, up. Yeah, no, yeah. I, you, you, um, you're so great in that. So have, have, have you guys talked to Robert Field Steele yet by any chance? No. Phil? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So um, there, there is kind of a story to Willie and Phil in, in this. Um, uh, first of all, um, wonderful actor and, and uh, playwright now and um, teacher. I think he's teaching in the University of Georgia is Robert Field Steele, who played my, you know, my, my counterpart and, um, and just one of the guys. And, um, we'd actually been it's kind of involved with that project at the very early stages where um, it, it was being workshopped in a, in a, in a playwriting and screenwriting workshop that um, the actress uh, Dee Dee Cohn uh, ran in Hollywood. Got it. Cool. And um, so, it, you know, it was the kind of thing where you would show up as an actor and writers would have material that they wanted the other writers in the, in the group to hear and give them feedback. And, um, so I made a point of going to this thing. Um, you know, I had other friends who were actors who were involved in it and it seemed like a good way to kind of, um, get, get a little experience and, you know, really when you're starting out, particularly you look for like every opportunity you can to, to, um, you know, sure. exercise. Yeah, totally. And um, um, so, so we, uh, Robert and I started reading these Willie and Phil characters in this high school comedy um, that was, you know, sort of, sort of based on Twelfth Night. And, um, and we eventually, once the movie was getting made, we, we were offered the parts, which was fantastic that um, Lisa was able to, um, Lisa Gottlieb, the director, writer, was able to do that for us. <clears throat> and um, um, so they w- were in pre-production. We already knew that we had the jobs and that we were going to go to location in Scottsdale, Arizona to shoot it. Um, and we, we we got a phone call from Lisa um because we were Trekkies, like, like down the line. Trekkies. Oh, wow. Legit. Okay. And, and, and they said, uh, okay, so it's a Columbia movie and Paramount, I guess, has a Star Trek movie coming out mm. and they're, they're not giving Columbia any rights to use any uh. Star Trek references. So oh. you guys have to be something other than Trekkies. Um, 
And so think about what you what you might want to do, and and we're going to sort of kick it around. And then shortly after that, they sent us some pages, and we were we were horror movie uh, fans. Oh, okay. Oh. But kind of generic. Yeah. Um, and so you know the bits in the lunchroom were like there'd be a you know one of us would find a human eye in our spaghetti here. <laughs> You know, um, like Chainsaw and, and Dave in Summer School, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. So it just did not really feel, um, it, it 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 didn't feel particularly compelling. No. And Robert and I kind of, we had been we'd been trying to learn like uh, Klingon um, when we were doing the um, the when when we were going to be Trekkies, but then. Um, um, we decided, we just pitched this idea that, um, we weren't, you know, science fiction fans or Trekkies. We were from another galaxy Yeah, and yeah. we were here to study human behavior. It's yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we, and we had a language that we spoke. Yeah. And it's a great language. everybody was so overwhelmed making the movie that, they just kind of went, I've, it's, yeah, fine. Just, um, okay. That's so, funny. um, will you have something? So there's, you're in a scene in the gym, just like, um, can you write it out? And we'd sort of write a couple of lines of dialogue and go, all right, we don't have to linger on you guys. That'll be fine. And then when we, when we got there, we, you know, we'd work all the time on like what, what the scene would be and what the conflict would be That's and awesome. what we were trying to resolve. We took it very, like, super, super seriously. I'll take Willie if you take Phil. Okay, come on, guys. <laughs> okay. What an opportunity. Yeah. To it was fantastic. <laughs> wow. Um, we actually... At, Lisa filmed, um, filmed us singing for the final credits, but they didn't use it because there was again a rights problem. Um, we sang the song "Love Is a Many Splendored Thing," um, but in our in our language. language. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Amazing. in our our track near, near, uh, <laughs> language. <laughs> right, exactly. Wait, did that um, did that wind up on the cutting room floor? Like, is that something we might it did. see? It wound up on the cutting room floor. Oh, I mean, because oh, because the Blu-ray edition came out fairly recently, and I know it was it was yeah. very popular, and it has a commentary track on it. But the, that's about it. And when we were talking to Joyce, she's like, "I would love to see a, like a real." you know special edition of this film come out and, and man, deleted scenes yeah. and yeah, yeah for sure that would be incredible or you can just recreate that with us um you know down the road when we see you in person sure yeah let's see if i can get robert right now yeah um awesome. there's no rights <laughs> problems on our show nope no copyright <laughs> <laughs> we'll do whatever go. oh that's yeah. great um so we um um it's we were, I will tell you, we were constantly together. Um, and, and as a result, um, we, we shot the shooting schedule, um, it, it encompassed, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, of that year. I think it was 84 that we did it. And, um, and 
Robert left on a Wednesday morning um, to go back to L.A. to, to um, be with his family for Thanksgiving. And, um, and somebody from the production office was you know, going to drive him to the airport. And I, I got a call at about 6.30 in the morning. And I had the day off. It was the day before Thanksgiving. But I was staying. And I said, oh, hi, Ari. Sorry to wake you. Is, um, is, is Robert there? <laughs> and I said, what, 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 what do you mean? They go, well, you know, we're, his, the van's ready to take him, pick him oh up God. yet. Oh, no. And I said, why, <laughs> why, why would Robert be here? <laughs> and they're like, oh, I just, uh, well, we tried his room oh and there was no God. answer. And, um, and you, <laughs> you guys are always together. Anyways. So, um, That's hilarious. <laughs> Okay. Um, um, and, um, I do have a, I, I have a favorite thing about just one of the guys. Um, if, if you want to, if you can bear to hear any more about it. Of course. Please. Please. Welcome. Um, so, um, the, the actor who played the coach is John Apicella Mm -hmm. and it's wonderful actor. And, um, um, and, as Robert and myself had been working on this thing before we, uh, you know, before it was picked up or greenlit, you know, John developed that role and we all, we'd all work together on stage in LA and we flew in to, to Phoenix together. And, um, John was a couple of years older, had lived in Scottsdale and it, it has, there's, there's something of a, of a kind of guru about him. And he, he was reading Mark Halperin's Winter's Tale. And as we were flying in, he was saying, you know, that according to this book, what you do when you enter a new city has everything to do with the direction from which you've entered it. Um, so theoretically we're coming in from the West, but the plane is banking. So we're really coming in from the East. And if you enter a city from the East, according to this book, your mission in the city is to is, is to uh, engender and foster uh, feelings of love in that city. Wow! And we're like, okay, that's that's good to know. And um, <laughs> so, um, uh, we we showed up. We worked for a few days. We um, we shot the big scene at the at the prom, and. All the pretty girls in the movie, women, all the attract, all the lead women in the movie, almost without exception, but I'm, I'm sure there were, were kind of hanging out with the band that played. Uh, um, yes, yeah, and 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 Robert and John and and Stu Chernow and I, our honey wagons were like on a totally other side of the the uh, water park. Um, when we were shooting and we even put up a sign that said character actors ghetto. Um, <laughs> uh, Cause we weren't with any of the like beautiful, you know, young leading right. actors. You weren't, and, you weren't um, with Brock and Davis. <laughs> no, no, we were not. And um, so, um, so as things worked out at the end of that sequence where we were night shooting, and John had a car 
um, that he had borrowed from a friend uh, who still lived in the area. We invited R Robert and John and I, three of the really, um, th three of the uh, yeah. female actors in the movie, As you should. Um, to have breakfast with us at Denny's. Nice. Oh yeah. And uh, and we thought, yeah, this is this is going to be great. Yeah. This is going to be great. And they spent the entire time talking about which of the band members oh. were like the hottest. And, and John said, isn't this amazing that like, we worked on this thing from a, you know, workshop and a basement in Hollywood and then it becomes a big Columbia movie and we're out, did night shoots and with these beautiful actresses and they all turn out to be yahoos. And, um, so they were a little offended and we, we all went back to the hotel, dropped them off and, um, John and Robert and I would go on these long drives. John would take drive us around Scottsdale and show us the sort of um, stations of his youth. Amazing. You know, um, he'd this. say, this Amazing. is um, yeah. right up the road there. Is That's the house where um, my girlfriend and I had set to 7-Eleven. Um, <laughs> wow that's a bummer it's a 7-eleven and then um but here wow. i'll show you this other thing and um i'm going to show you the place where, like the first time i got high like i'd smoked weed a couple of times where the first time oh i really got high it's in oh my god that's a 7-eleven um so <laughs> so we started going to these 7-elevens and on on that particular night um they they were selling flowers at the Seven Eleven. Um, not all of them do. Some in Arizona in the mid '80s were selling flowers. So we decided we would get three bouquets of flowers and give them to um, each of these actresses as a sort of apology ah. for insulting them. Um, I love that. Uh, earlier that morning, very classy. Yeah. And yeah, I thought so. And um, we we didn't want to wake them, so we just left them on there. Um, the you know in front of their hotel rooms oh, no. and the next day we're all in the van mm -hmm. um going to the location and um and you know one of the actresses is like you got flowers too i sort of there's a weirdest i think you know what it's the guys from the band yeah. that gives the flowers. oh so Brock and um, yeah. we Decided way. not to say anything, and we incorporated <laughs> it into our mission of spreading love as our true mission while we were there. So for the rest of the shoot, secretly, like commandos, we would get flowers every night, and we made sure to leave flowers for a few people until we got everybody in the crew. Oh, my God. So some people thought it was great. Some people uh, were scared and thought we, there should be security looking out for whoever was doing this. And then um, at, at the end of the schedule, um, we, we went to a restaurant that had like um, a kind of Western theme. And you could, you could dress up in Western garb and put on holsters and hold rifles and, you know, cowboy hats. And got nice. an old time photograph taken as the... Oh, yeah. The bouquet bandits. Oh the bouquet bandits. Um, yeah, with like flowers coming out of our holsters and out of the end of the rifles and oh my gosh, sticking oh my out God. of our waistcoats and stuff. And and uh, we just made a photograph and left it at the production office for everybody. And and went on our way. And I recently 
found my copy of the photograph. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yeah. So if you guys give me an email address later on, I'll send you. A copy. I mean, please do. You no, have, that you have mine. So, yeah. Send away. That's, it was. It, yeah. Cool. It was like the. It, I think it was one of the best times I've ever had on a shoot because there was this like strong secondary like preoccupation. Um, that you know we were on it. We were on a mission, and and really shooting the thing was a little secondary. Yeah, it sounds like well, you had, had this experience of like, I mean, but Dustin and I both talk about you know pining for girls back in the day, and but the, that feeling of being like I we were both speaking personally, it was a little bit of a, an outsider, and and really always was attracted to like the really popular girl, and would try to go out of my way, but then I was always like, oh, you did that so nicely for me I, i'm gonna oh thank you so much i don't want to date you but uh i'll, I'll take whatever you want to give me right. kind of thing you know so that's, sure. oh that story is gold i i just love that that's just born out of like you know you landing the plane with this idea from the book of we're coming in from the east this is the goal and uh and obviously touring every single 7-eleven from his childhood is unbelievably funny I, I, I just recently watched a, um, a great documentary about Brian Eno. Mm -hmm. The, um, oh, can you hold on a second? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, my, my daughter's on a break from school. Oh, Sophia, I'm doing a, a podcast right now. Can we talk about it in a little bit? I think she's out in the garden, maybe out front. Okay. Did you guys get that? Yeah, we did actually. We're gonna okay. Garden out right, front. <laughs> so yeah, I thought I had a red light turning uh, on the outside of the bedroom door, but you know, um, <laughs> should have put a flower out. Oh, put a, a flower or a, <laughs> or a tie. On That's the right. <laughs> That's right. Tie on the doorknob. Yeah. It would um, yeah. be That's... something different. I, I don't know if you guys realized that, but um, okay. Yeah, so so it would um, be, we realized it would be yeah. something. Yeah, we yeah. realized. It's all yes. good. Yeah, right. Yes, the red light and. Um, <laughs> We're just in the same way they were assuming that Robert was in your room. You know, we're assuming that. Yeah, exactly. And was that um, was that a, um, uh, you know, like Tim Matheson and Tom Hulse? Was that a. Uh, um, Animal House? Animal House. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I've officially become senile. It's OK. <laughs> I could not. I could not remember the name. It's okay yes. because being, um, be, was, being on the uh, great eight, the greatest eighties podcast of all time with two of the uh, the, the dictionaries of uh, the IMDb's of, of the, 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 the podcast <laughs> world. I guess. Yes, we we pride ourselves on knowing you know the most random shit that no one will ever need to know, and we just know it. Yeah. Um, like Brock and Davis. Like Brock and Davis. Like Rock and Davis, that's right. You know, speaking of that band, I mean, we have a whole. I feel ashamed saying this now. We we love the band too, and uh, we, uh, you know, just well, more. We're not going to Denny's. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Damn it! I just want the flowers, man. No, uh, just the, more specifically that song that was playing at the prom. Hard way. The hard way was very um, was very hard to track down because they didn't they they never actually released they were never released a version that was in the movie to the public, so, uh, but it's a good song.
damn that band, no damn that band. Damn that all the ladies. That Mr. Mr. I hate that band. song now too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, wasn't the here's my question cuz when I watched the movie, the band seems really old. Like they seem so much older than everyone else. Uh so was that the case? I mean, were were these ladies like, you know, these guys they they seem like they're late 30s, early 40s. Maybe that's just how they looked. I I never really got close enough to them to uh, to get a good look. You didn't get close yeah. enough to smell their breath. <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't really uh, distinguish them. It was low light. You know, it was hard for me to tell. You know, low yeah. Light. Well, it's uh, yeah because uh, you know Terry's best friend Denise is like pining after the band member. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's, I'm gonna go hang out with the band member. Like, you're in high school, and he's not. So this isn't. But he's legal. 40. Yeah, yeah, he's 40 right. and you're in high school. So this is just kind of gross. Kind of a thing, though. Um, yeah. It is a thing. Yeah. But we're, you know, different we different celebrate sure. it. Yeah, well, that's yeah. true. That's true. Different times. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of different times, uh, Soul Man. No, I'm kidding. That is a perfect segue. That is a perfect Wait a second. There might be something I don't talk about. <laughs> oh, um, next. Um, no. <laughs> Law school. Yeah! yeah! Tuition and fees. $10,493. Harvard Law School. This is a big day for all of us. That's why I've decided to let you pay your own way. Estimated annual living expenses. You ever applied for a loan before? $7,500. Mr. Watson, you don't pay your bills. Get out. Total for three years of law school. Wait a second, look at this. Full tuition for the most qualified applicant. Most qualified black applicant. $53,979. Don't you think you're overreacting? No. Congratulations, Mr. Watson. Thank you, sir. I'll do my best. Some people will do anything to get into Harvard. It's gonna be great! These are the 80s, man! It's the Cosby decade! For Mark Watson, all it took was a little soul. I'd like you to meet my good friend, Kareem Abdul Ali. We got Washington here on the coin toss, so he'll take Leon. That's Watson. Right. Sorry, Marcus. Yeah, there may be a problem here. Your roommate was a, uh... <clears throat> what? A black Negro. A black Negro? You know, there's something really strange about you, and I don't know what it is. Oh, God, is she beautiful? You gotta believe me. You must have learned a great deal more than you bargained for. Don't tell her I'm white. Don't tell her you're white! What's going on? Can we blame him for the color of his skin? Mom, Dad, I'm black. What? what? No, you're crazy. Mark Watson. Come on now! From the producer of Risky Business, Soul Man. He didn't give up. He got down. Got on. You really hate the Beach Boys now? No, no, I, 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 come on, hit me. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That that film, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's very controversial, you know, in, in in today's kind of realm. Like, obviously, your character, uh, you know, is 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 not the um, the one charged with any sort of. <laughs> right, your character is great. You're the best part of the movie, and I mean, don't yeah. even have time to argue that point. But yeah, go on. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, it's just it's just one of those movies that, you know, we look at it now, we're like, obviously that could never be made today. Um you That's know, correct. It came out in eighty six, in eighty six. Yep. And mm-hmm. um 
wow. you know, and at the time, I think everybody was just like, well, this is just like a fun, you know, I think, I think its intention was, it, it seemed like a well-intentioned movie. It was trying to bring a little bit of awareness um, to the, you know, to, to the African-American difficulties at that time in the 80s. But when you really, you know, when you really look at it, you're like, oh, well, this is incredibly offensive. Um, <laughs> when you look at it now, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I probably, I probably should watch it again. I don't think, you know, I, I saw it at the screening. I had an incredibly good time. I had a great time working on it. And, um, and I, and I know that, um, that the, uh, um, I mean, in an absolute sense, the, the intention of the, of the movie of the, the writers, um, Carol Black and Neil Marlins and, you know, the producers, um, was to, um, make an eighties movie, an eighties comedy, um, that took on the issue of white liberal racism mm -hmm. and, you know, with a, desire to make people laugh and rethink their, you know, rethink this notion that, um, we were living in a colorblind America because, because the Cosby show was the biggest show on television and, yeah. you know, and there were, you know, sports and entertainment figures that were, you know, hugely successful that right. it, it didn't mean that racism was over in America. So, we didn't think we were making black like me, but we thought we were making a comedy that actually was, you know, that had something um, righteous to say. And I, I think it kind of caught everyone by surprise um, that, I mean, some people really embraced it and it certainly a popular movie uh, for the time, but um, you know, she's got to have it came out. Uh, you know, the same weekend and, oh, wow. and Spike Lee just, just savaged yes. the movie and Ray Don John um, wow. for being in it. You know, it, that, that, um, that's a shame. You know, the, the, the crazy thing is, is I, I, you know, several months ago, I really like Samantha B. Yeah. She's yeah. Um, and it was probably a year ago, actually, she was doing, um, she was doing something on her show um, about systemic racism and then made this, used a clip from soul man and, and, and made the statement, um, Hey, sure. Things are getting a little better. I mean, in the eighties, everybody was super happy making an anti-affirmative action comedy, mm. which was like, it couldn't be farther from right. the truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, um, um, and, and I actually think you kind of, yes, the movie would not be made today, but, and I think if you really look at the movie, uh, the, the objects of ridicule are, um, not just racist whites, but white people who, who think they have no racism at all. Yeah. That's a good, really um, good point. Yeah. Um, and, um, but more importantly, I 
did get to work with Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> I mean, come yes. on. Well, that that, right? that that speaks a lot to your career. You've you've worked with so many equally, and I say equally because if we held you in the same regard, yeah. See that your phone agrees <laughs> with us. Um, <laughs> equally agree, uh, equally talented performers, um, and including Leslie Nielsen and obviously James Earl Jones and. But yeah. you've 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 done so your your body of work is so extensive, specifically in the the eighties and going into the nineties, and I think, you know, when we look at your movies from Soul Man to you know Tequila Sunrise and The Experts, which I really want to talk about, by the way, uh, you know, yeah. and like and down and down Coupe de Ville and et cetera, et cetera, you have you've been surrounded by so many talented people which obviously elevates the quality of the film that you're in, but you stand out. Like Justin said, you're the best part of Soul Man. I would say that you're the best part of many of the films you've been in. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. I mean, I, I, and I think Soul Man, yeah, I think there's, a, there's also a piece of Soul Man too. Go watch the movie first before you comment on it. Just don't look at the poster like as often right. people, a lot of people do. Right, because the, the, tag, the tagline, right, is in order to get in, he had to get down and you're like oh <laughs> no. like and that's yeah, why believe me that really doesn't help its cause at oh, all I, no. I, I, i'm not i'm not saying there wasn't much that was egregious about no. uh a lot of things surrounding the movie for sure yeah um i mean i don't think anybody was particularly, yeah. particularly happy but that's with not, tommy's that's not, makeup no but I think, but I think that, but again, I think watching the film is a whole different story than just reading that tagline or reading, yeah. looking at the poster, a comedy with heart and soul. And know? in case anybody listening is confused, you know, Soul Man is a movie in, in which C. Thomas Howell takes tanning pills uh, to become black in order to get a scholarship into Harvard Law School. Um, I, I, to, to qualify for the like only scho- a scholarship that just happens to uh, be set aside for an right. African American yes. student. Yes, yes, that is a, yeah. a, a good. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and in the and in the process denies uh, the person who should have received it, who, uh, who's played by Ray Don Chong. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, through, through yes, context there. <laughs> Um, and it's a and it's a bad thing that he does. We're not saying it's a good thing, right? No, no, of course not. <laughs> no, yeah. But it's a good point that you're making too about how our lens at that time was was vastly different, and this idea that well, oh, we got the Cosby Show on TV, and uh, I'm a big fan yeah. of O.J. Simpson. He's a great football player and great commentator, you know. And and well, that doesn't qual, qual that qualifies me as being you know not racist or whatever, right? <laughs> right. But when yeah, you look right. at as That's a right. as a primarily white filmmaking team you know like you look at that now you're like okay well that's not the best um you know as far as telling telling an accurate story um but like you said you got to work with leslie nielsen who come on legend legendary so do you know that he would constantly carry a sort of hand operated whoopee cushion with him at virtually all times no no um, so, um, <laughs> Please when he was, when, when he was meeting people, um, they go, Oh, hi, can we take your picture? And he goes, Oh, I, I certainly. What, uh, what, what's your name? And he's going, I'm, I'm Bob. Oh, geez. That's crazy. Um, 
and he'd say, oh, I'm Leslie Nielsen. Um, but you wouldn't see where it was coming from. And we were staying in this hotel and like every time we'd get in the elevator with him, as soon as like strangers would get in the elevator car, uh, uh, he, he would start working his. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> It was amazing. Bless him. Oh, yeah, the God, ones where you don't yeah. know where they're coming from. Those are the best ones, where it's just like it's, you, you're questioning it's... what you've heard. Like, okay, that's right. I heard it. Um, yeah, it was amazing. That is that is that is awesome. I think nowadays uh, farting is more acceptable in public than coughing. So yeah. so uh, oh, yeah. you know for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I know I know we we want to make sure we cover other bases too. I, I just, I have to say uh, in full disclosure, I rewatched the experts last night for the first time in probably 10 years, maybe. Um, and I, and I, I would love to talk a little bit about that if, if you're up for it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I know that film was, it's, you know, got, Bill Travolta as the lead and rightfully so. And it's got some hiccups here and there, but, but again, you are the, the show stealer in that film, uh, specifically for your awesome hair, which is like a <laughs> mulleted kind of, uh, and your wardrobe, uh, which I, I think would go over really well nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What was the, um, I, I had, when I, when I went to audition, I, I dressed be, all, all in black. Cause it starts out with the guys, you know, they're in this sort you know, working at nightclub in New York. Yeah. And so Was all that black, York, black way? hat. What's that? Was that New York, by the way? Oh no, that was... <laughs> You know Toronto or something. Yeah, that, okay, just, okay. I just just, just want to clarify. Yeah, I don't think we set foot in the United States while we we're shooting that. Okay. Um, and um, um, and then when they I, I, when I got hired, um, the costume designer called me and said, "Hey, so listen, everybody really liked what you wore for the audition, so we're going to give. So that's what John's going to wear." <laughs> Yeah. Um, so right. with the cow with the pants so, tucked into the cowboy boots, by the way. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. That, no -no. that was. I, I had skipped that actually. Um, <laughs> Good call. <laughs> and um, um, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with it, but no, it's just no, my thing. Yeah. And, personal choice. And then I, um, they said, "Well, what do you? So what do you want? Hey, what do you think your guy, Wendell? I think was my name. Yeah. Should look like, and." Um, so I I called a friend of mine who was the stylist on on um, on Soul Man, um, Sharon Simoner. She said, um, "Well, so if it's against black, what do, it should probably just be like a bunch of uh, uh, mixed matched colors and patterns." Mm. And um, oh. <laughs> so I said, "Okay," and I brought that to the costume designer, and they came up with like. Um, they came up with the, the wardrobe on that. Um, yeah, so it's like, all right, you know, fine, sure, great. <laughs> was the was the bandana around your neck? Was that a, was was that your choice or? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't recall it being my choice. And if it was, it was again, it was a different time. 
Yeah, no, yeah. look, I, 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 yeah. that movie. So that movie opens with some some. We love neon, and obviously we're huge fans of the '80s, and like, uh, and and the, so the opening credits is like blue neon and pink neon, and 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 it's just so, and it has that vibe. You made that movie. I know the film was shelved for a couple of years, and so it was probably made in like '86 or '87, and um, uh, and then Dave Thomas directed it, right? Um, yes. Uh, Dave uh, from uh, SCTV. Yeah. Um, and um, awesome. did you ever see him do the like the the like the like yelling like Scotsman on SCTV? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yes. that was pretty much how he directed the movie. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was uh, uh, he was great. I think it was like maybe three days into shooting the film he called me um after the third day and and said hey just um just wanted to ask you it's uh paramount right and i I said what do you mean he goes paramount it's a the the reason you did the movie is because it's because it's a big paramount movie and i said well i mean i I mean that was like part of it sure and he's like, because it, was, it wasn't me, you know, I don't have any directing credibility in my, <laughs> certainly not the script. So, but like, what drew you to this? Like, what made you say yes? And I was like, well, Dave, I, I think it was just a big opportunity. And he went, yeah, okay, me too. And, um, <laughs> and um, oh, that's funny. And, um, you know, the original idea that the, I guess the spec script that had been submitted was still called The Experts, but, and it was about a, a town in Russia that had been, you know, a, a, a mock American town um, where, um, you know, KGB agents would be trained for deep cover uh, work in the U.S. Yeah. And, um, and in the original script, they had um, imported some stuff from New York and with it um, cockroaches. So it, they'd never had these kind of cockroaches. So they kidnapped two guys who were exterminators. Oh, oh. Um, and which is got, it's, it's a little edgier. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they think they're yeah, in another actually. American city and slowly discover that they're, you know, somewhere in the Soviet union. It's darker. Um, it's definitely darker. It is darker. Um, and, but you know, along the way, you know, there's always somebody who's like, "Now hold on a second. Mm. What if instead of exterminators, <laughs> they're nightclub employees?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh, I can see it. I can yeah, see it yeah, now." Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. And um, <laughs> but you know, the thing that really did in the movie, uh, it was you know, perestroika. Um, mm. And, you know, the, you know, the collapse of the Soviet Union, which, um, I mean, on my, on my long list of resentments against Russia at the moment, <laughs> that's still pretty high up there. Yeah. Um, right because I thought, yeah. um, I, I thought the experts was going to do something other than a week in Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah, because it has yeah. it has many things going for it, in my opinion. Um, I, I think it, it it looks it looks like you and John had a really fun time 
kind of pairing off each other. And he, and yeah. he was at the such a great like this was right before he started kind of making his quote unquote comeback as a big screen uh, mm-hmm. actor, you know. And yeah, and, and I was really hoping this would have been the thing that had been, <laughs> would have been the comeback, um, but no, it had it had to wait, I guess. To your point about um, about nightclub uh, employees, I mean, how much of that do you think is related to like, well, we need Travolta to dance, and a dancing mm-hmm. exterminator is harder to sell, or maybe not at all. That's a good point. You know, actually. that sounds as like as good an explanation as any I've heard. <laughs> well, I was going to say your your dance moves are on par with his dance moves. Yeah, uh, you know. Bravo! I don't. I, I don't even. I don't really recall dancing in the movie, but you um, did in the. When, sure, I'll. I'll take that. When that uh, that weird um, cantina club gets remade as your uh, ooh ooh ah, I think it's called <laughs> ooh ooh la. Uh, uh-huh. I think it's called okay. ooh ooh ah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, and yeah. and you're having like the welcoming committee, and, and they're all having their their the buffet plates in the nightclub, uh, and. At one point, you were dancing. No, sorry. It's when Back of the USSR is being played. Um, the cover version, by oh the way, goodness. by Jack Mack and the Heart uh-huh. Attack. Uh, <laughs> local L.A. band. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, you're getting down with, with Travolta. It's one of the many montage scenes in that movie. There's, a, there's some great montage uh-huh. scenes. Yeah. So that was one of them. And that's, um, that's the movie yeah, where that... he met Kelly Preston, right? Yeah. I believe that's... Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Who's a um, wonderful actor and rest in peace, yeah. obviously. And yeah, and and sadly missed. She was, yeah. she was a, um, she was a very, she was, she was a very nice person. Um, I really have had, I don't think I've had any contact with them since, um, shortly after um, that movie came out. But I, I have nothing but good memories about um, about both of them. We'll just know that it's very it's, it yeah. has a warm place in our hearts as well, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was gonna say <laughs> like, okay. I was gonna say too. Well, I was gonna say too. You mm. know, um, it wasn't the mm. it didn't follow up right after that film, but a, f- a few years later, you made a movie called Coupe de Ville. Yeah. Um, written yeah. by Mike Binder, who I yeah. who at the time he he it was like kind of like a in a, in a way like a trilogy. He did Crossing the Bridge, Coupe de Ville. I think that came out timeline wise correct, and then Indian yeah, that's Summer. Right. Indian summer came right. out after that. And I grew up in Michigan, um, from Michigan originally. So oh. th- I had a fondness for Cooper DeVille. Uh, what a great road trip. Hey, actually today's Daniel Stern's birthday. So uh, is it? Yes, it is. That's awesome. That's right. But it looks yeah. like you guys had a equally fun time making that movie. Um, um, we, we did. It was, um, I mean, first of all, I mean, it was it, as a road trip, we, like we shot all over the place. You know, we were we were in Georgia, we were in Florida, we were in South Carolina, we were in North Carolina. Um, it was a it was a it was a great experience, and I, you know, I, I've loved. Uh, I became friends with Patrick and Daniel and um, Patrick Dempsey. But, oh yeah, yeah, that's right, yes. that's right. And but, um, and and just. I, and I loved working with Daniel and less so with Patrick um, because he was deeply, deeply committed to being the, uh. the 
unbelievably annoying younger brother. Uh-huh. She plays really well. Um, and yeah. <laughs> he, he was. And there were times, there were times in the car when Daniel was driving and Patrick was needling him. And I was in the middle having to like break them up so that like Daniel didn't crash the car. Right. Um, yeah. Um, and, um, um, and it, you know, I got to work with um, Annabeth Gish, mm-hmm. Alan um, Arkin, yeah, and and of course Alan Arkin. Yeah. That was the um, I was able to do Mother Night with him a few years later. Fantastic, and um, and and I've I've done theater with both his sons Matthew and Adam, who's one of my closest friends. Um, I love it, and. Um, yeah. Yes. Alan is, is absolutely a hero of mine from my first inklings of ever wanting to be an actor. I saw that movie um, opening day when it came out. Oh, did you? Yeah. And, uh, cause again, I was such a huge fan of Mike Binder. Yeah. Work. And I was like, Oh wait, another Michigan movie, you know? Cause at the time I hadn't really seen, I, I just, I moved to California, but I still had a lot of fondness for anything from my home town grew up right outside Detroit right. so I could relate and uh I don't know I was I loved it and yeah Annabeth Gish at the time like I mean she's fan- she's a phenomenal actor but she was yeah, she is. top of her game at that point um just a fun like a fun road trip I love a good road trip movie well and it's also I mean it's 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 a very disarming movie um Zach had been telling me about this movie and I and I was like, Coupe de Ville, Coupe de Ville. And then I, the second I started rewatching it, I was like, oh, I've totally seen this and it's amazing. But it's a movie that is, it really, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a relationship movie about three brothers who don't get along and kind of their journey from uh, Detroit to Florida, driving this car down to, uh, down to their father as a present for their mother. And it's, but it's, Miami, but, yeah. but what get, gets me is, or got me is the fact that like, it was kind of like, I was, totally engrossed in the movie and um no pun intended and um but 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 just watching the the relationship develop you know and reconnect with with the brothers like really got me like in a you know hit me in the feels i was like oh and i and i did not expect it at all um especially at the end of it it's just very uh it was surprisingly powerful yeah you know mike's mike's a wonderful writer yeah um and, um, um, and, and, um, I, I, I feel like even while we were shooting it, um, there, it, and, and by the way, Joe Roth, I think is a great director and I wish that he had mm. directed more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, not that, you know, not that he, he won't, but you know, he, he very quickly became, um, you know, the, the movie actually has kind of a, 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 like the business side of the movie um, has has sort of an interesting tale because uh, Joe Roth was running a company called uh, Morgan Creek mm-hmm. um, at the time. And, I didn't know he um, was running that company. Yeah. And um, so, and I think he had like a 10 picture deal with Universal um, and, and, um, they, they had done young guns and something else. And, um, Coupe de Ville was one of those movies. 
and um, and while we were shooting Coop Deville, Joe Roth was being offered um, the the job as um, the you know uh, president of production for 20th Century Fox. Oh wow! Mm. And and he ultimately decided to take it, and um, so you know, once the movie ended, once we, you know, finished production on the film and I guess he finished cutting it, he was now the, you know, the chief executive at Fox and, um, and the, the people at Universal were pissed off at him yeah, because they'd had a 10 picture deal with Morgan Creek, but they had it with him and he went from being their supplier to their competitor. Mm. And, um, so, so a decision was made, I think to kind of punish him to fulfill the minimum, minimum obligation for the release of Coupe de Ville, which was, um, to release it for seven days and pull it. Oh wow. my God. And so my understanding is Joe tried to buy the negative and have for 20th century Fox to release, but universal made the price so high that Joe couldn't, as one of the first things he did at 20th Century Fox, was overpay for his own movie. What a story, man. Yeah. so That's um, so frustrating. (laughs) And and that's why it's sort of like, it was out for a second, and then it went away, and then it was, you know, turned up on cable, but couldn't get a you know, a VCR or a DVD of it for a long time. I don't even know if there are DVDs of it now. It's available now. Yeah. Um, there's like a it is kind fun. of a print on demand type thing that, that universal does now. Uh huh. Okay. But well, it's, it's on, and it's also on yeah. HBO max, um, yep. which is great. Oh really? Yep. Oh good. I, I, I hadn't realized. Cause it um, definitely should be revisited. Yep. Obviously if it's, if it's pulling up the feels and Dustin. It is. I mean, it's not like it's some rare, you know. No, I get him to cry all the time, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I cry. I mean, I don't cry. I mean, I, you know. Yeah. Don't I, cry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, right. Yeah. Let it turn to something else. <laughs> no, but uh, that story, uh, that's heartbreaking. Because, you know, this, this is, is the other side aspect that people don't necessarily understand is there is there is many sides to a film being made. Politics, and, baby. Yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. Sure. Well, you know, so my obsession recently, I've just watched this French um, spy drama called The Bureau. Okay. Um, have you seen this at all? No. Is no. it where, did, where do you watch that? I, um, I, I watched it on, um, it's on Sundance now that I got to via Amazon Prime video. Okay. Okay. Um, and they're, the they're streaming five seasons of this show and they're like 10 episode seasons. Okay. Um, and, and it's about, um, what goes on at this French, um, um, intelligence agency where, uh, the, the agents train to, um, to go into the field undercover and develop human, you know, human intelligence contacts and, um, and, and try to, um, persuade people to work for French intelligence. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I don't know in what way, but evidently it's, um, loosely based on some true stories. Um, and it's, I'm telling you, it's a great show. Um, I've just finished it. And the, the, the 
the unifying idea of the five seasons of this show is that these these kind of world-shaking events have their you know their genesis in personal relationships and you know and resentments or you know um you know, people who love each other being separated and then the effort to like reunite people has um, earth shaking implications, mm, interesting. you know, kind of like the, like the butterfly effect. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, you know, and the movie industry certainly is not immune to, um, you know, personal um, grievances or, you know, affecting the release of a movie. Totally. Yeah. You know, yeah. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to do it. Now, <laughs> and we are out yeah. of time. No. <laughs> uh, but we know. We Mask have, up, everybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> Should be over in a, in a few short years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, my, my son said that to me uh, actually the other day. Uh, he, he said, he said, when are we going to be able to go back to school? You know, because he really wants to be in person with his teacher, and rightfully so. I said, look, bud. You know, I don't know, but, uh, you know, we'll just take each day as it comes. I think that's all we're doing now is taking one day at a time. I said, we're all living the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, lifestyle. It's like, wake up, see what's going on. Move that's to- right. You had to explain the Alcoholics Anonymous lifestyle. I thing. got him a chip. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> just kidding. No, but no, yeah. to, to go back to your point, it's like, Unfortunately, yeah, uh, the the politics of many of these films that we love, the experts included, it, it's one of those stories where it's like, well, this got shelved for a couple of years, or this is why this didn't get happen, or this this is why this film didn't make as much money as it did, or yada yada yada. But at the core, at the end of the day, uh, I can tell you that we have so much love for your body of work, and as we've said throughout this entire interview, yeah, the movies still well, still reach, you know, they still you. reach the audience. And they I still, think they're reaching the, a new audience. The intended audience and then the new audience. And that's what we're trying to do on this show is like revisit a, a lot of these things that were our favorites and spread the spread the love. Yeah, there's enough. Well, uh, yeah. I'm glad you guys are doing this because, um, you know, I, I, I had uh, um, I, I love working. I love acting. And um, and and I and I had a great time, on, you know, uh, uh, doing these flicks. And, um, yeah, we didn't even get a chance to talk about house two, but, uh, you know, um, uh, actually I talked to Jonathan Stark a little while back and he, he talked about how you guys, uh, you know, every now and then you go on eBay to find the, uh, the lost, uh, promo items that they put yeah, out. For well, yeah. We, you know, we like, text each other when we find like a cat or puppy somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. I love that. <laughs> awesome. You know, or like a lobby stand or something. Um, um, I'm, you know, I've I've found like an Italian poster uh, for the movie that's on, on sale, but it it's like you know the bidding's at several hundred dollars, and I'm just watching it right now. That's gonna be hoping flattering. maybe it comes down. Oh uh, maybe make it a birthday present for John. Well, see that that's what. Uh, oh, and then there you go. I think that your phone yeah. just said yes. You need to do that. Um, I, I was just gonna say too. That's something that I love hearing is 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 when you love your movie so much because sometimes we'll talk to actors and they're like, oh, I don't watch my work. No, yep. and, that, and that's much respect. That's it's all good. Mind. Yeah, well, but I love that you're like, yeah, I want to talk about this movie. <laughs> I want to talk about House Two, or I want to talk about the Catter Puppies, and you know, and 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 the fact that you still have this photo from just one of the guys, which we can't wait to see. By the way, it's gonna be amazing. Um, 
I just think that's so wonderful and it's so hopeful. And then like Dustin said, that's the whole point of our show is to uplift and, and at least bring a little bit of joy for an hour, 90 minutes or whatever. Um, and you know, forget about your worries for a little bit (laughs) and take this trip down memory lane in a positive way. And, um, Gosh, it is just really fantastic to hear the stories behind some of the movies we loved. And my my hope and my my intention is that down the road, when everything, whether it's two years or who knows, doing something in person and being able to see you and you know shake your hand, well, give you an elbow bump, I guess. Just to say totally. thank you for 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 the the hours of joy that you've given us over the years. Oh, well, thanks a lot. That, um, that gives me all the feels, for sure. Thank you. Somebody posted on Twitter this little video of an um, ancient woman getting off a plane in Israel and meeting her. She's like a Holocaust survivor meeting her, uh, um, her kids, but her like children or grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And they had like a, you know, looked like a, like a 10 by 10 sheet of, of plastic set up. And, and they'd sort of like hug with the plastic sheet mm. between them. It just looked like great and terrible. Yeah, <laughs> right. It, it reminds me of it going back to Leslie Nielsen. The that body scene. condoms. The body, the body condoms. condoms. I was totally thinking that too. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, you know. Wow, gosh. An idea whose time has come. Right. Oh Ari, yeah. thank you again for being on our show. It's really an honor. Really appreciate it. Really my pleasure, guys. I'm honored. Honored that you, uh, that you gave me a call. All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four. Is it five star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five star rating on iTunes. We really. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great, too. And you can find us on the Internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.